0: Like some food for thought? Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil and rational argument. With words from Midgley, Caputi, Adams, Stewart, Wolf and Gruber. Let's get radical about philosophy. so much for tuning into Radical Philosophy. I'm your host Beth Matthews. Today on the program I'm going to be speaking with Melina Papazian about empathy. Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. This is part two of a two-part interview. Explain about emotional sharing. Yeah uh, so uh
1: so it depends what, what we understand by emotional sharing. <laughs> so that's philosophy. We have to look at different notions of it. So let's, uh, I'll bring in some examples. Okay, it's uh, experiencing uh, the same emotions as the other person uh, might be emotional sharing. For example, you're distressed. I share your emotional experience. I'm distressed. Another way to look at it is to understand another person's uh, you know emotions or thoughts so i can see that you are happy for example or two or more people can jointly share an emotion like parents who lose a child they share grief or two or more people can go through the same emotional experiences when they see something extraordinary gorgeous scenery or an extraordinary performer so That's another notion of sharing, emotional sharing. Sometimes people merge uh, into their emotional experience and they feel as one, like in moments of bliss, uh, in love, or even hatred. When they go to war, they share the same emotional experience. Emotions can be contagious, okay? So I may feel something implicitly transferred to me without knowing where it comes from. And emotional sharing can mean identifying with something else, someone else, identifying their emotions. In empathy, however, we make sense of other people's emotions and respond appropriately to them. And uh, it may, all these notions of emotional sharing that I applied may not apply to empathic emotional sharing. So, for example, if you are scared that I grasp your fear, I understand that you are scared. But we don't, I don't have to be scared in order to empathize with you. Or if you're scared because you see uh, something dangerous, like a lion, I get that. But I may share even your fear if I'm close by. But it does mean that I'm empathizing with you. I'm scared because it's a dangerous situation. But if you like are confused behavioratically, and I can see that you're confused and I'm worried about you, I may respond as calming you down, but I may not share your emotions in that sense, but I empathize with you. So I don't say that emotional sharing with this difference Versions doesn't apply. Don't apply to empathy. What I'm saying is that it's important to see what we mean by emotional sharing, and what are the circumstances. So, in sense of emotional contagion or identification, it it wouldn't really fit into what uh, I'm uh, notion of empathy.
0: If what, if anything, is the connection between empathy and morality? okay so the connection between empathy and morality
1: is uh, one of the most contented issues in this area actually so we can uh, rephrase the question as is empathy and the need to anticipate the suffering of the other is it necessary in order to recognize that harming others causing harm is wrong Another way to ask it is: Is that is empathy necessary in general for moral development, or moral judgment, or moral action? So, empathy uh, has been viewed as moral virtue. As I said, there are different definitions of empathy. Let's say, uh, let's start from there. For example, again, how we define empathy. If we see empathy as a very basic, neutral, uh, preconceptual uh, experience of another. Then morality will be beyond that conception. But if we see empathy as a prosocial capacity, you know that it's ingrained into it. Then morality will be involved in that view. So uh, from there, in some, uh, we'll see that the uh, this uh, this huge differences between two ideas. Now, let's say I mean it, by, by by many people empathy is viewed as uh, some moral virtue, Uh, the very basis of our moral judgments and motivations. People like uh, Hoffman, Daniel Batson are talking about it. In our book, In Value of Empathy, Michael Sloat is uh, is well known in that area. He sees empathy, a primary moral motivator, just a mechanism for benevolence, for care, for compassion. And epistemically, He sees that empathy is central in our moral life. There are other authors who suggest um, similar things, but in less to lesser degree, uh, that uh, receiving empathy can lead to developing meaningful relationships and cultivating trust, or empathy can enable moral behavior. People like... uh, Nancy Eisenberg, Mike Davis, who have extensive empirical research on empathy, uh, see that empathic responses kind of correlate with pro-social behavior. And uh, Daniel Batson also is a pioneer of uh, relation between empathy and altruism. He thinks that those who see uh, empathic, uh, helping, the motivation for help, egotistic, he he. Brings so many examples and evidence that that's not true. So if we help another person, it's for because we are concerned about them or we have empathic concern. It doesn't mean that we have uh, we don't we want to avoid negative social evaluation or we want to achieve some awards or we want to reduce our pain or you know reduce our kind of any kind of aversive emotion. However, there is the opposite spectrum. One known case is Jesse Prince's ideas that argues that empathy is not necessary for any kind of moral judgment or motivation or development. He doesn't deny the importance of emotion in moral judgment, but his concern is about the role of empathic emotions. So he brings the example of, for example, victimless crimes or consensual sibling incest we, we know that they're wrong I mean morally but we don't need empathy to make those moral judgments especially in cases when there are no victims I mean no, directly no victims so and uh, there are more extreme criticism that empathy is more biased that partial always uh, for only people who are close to us or they are in in our in-group so we don't help people in need but instead are prone to, you know, assist or favor the members of people, uh, our in-group who are part of our in-group, and we share many commonalities with them either racial or um, ideology or whatever culture. So, um, uh, if we continue this uh, this this area, I, I will uh, focus on one uh, one topic which is uh, uh, it's pretty. Uh, you know discussed about uh, about uh, by those who are skeptical about empathy that's about the question of uh, empathy leads to personal distress so it is that uh, personal distress is kind of uh, aversive emotional experience uh, that is caused by their anxiety or any kind of other psychological discomfort so people and that when people have empathic experience of another's distress, then it may, n- it may not help to motivate pro-social help. Now, the thing is that if you're distressed and I'm empathizing with you, I get distressed. I get so much immersed in my own distress that I won't be able to help you, okay? And I'll be completely preoccupied with myself. Of course, there is a possibility of that, that but when uh, someone is uh, co- uh, completely immersed in herself, then uh, possibly uh, she's, uh, you know, uh, she falls out of empathy. Uh, it may fall in again, but at that instance, it falls out of empathy. Now... The other issue is that uh, this is uh, also interesting to look at uh, with this respect is uh, when you take the perspective of another person, there, there can be two kinds of approach to this. If I want to take your perspective, I may see myself taking your perspective or I imagine being you and in your shoes and imagine how the situation or feel, try to feel or understand how the situation will be. So uh, th- 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 through a certain research that was done, uh, people who put themselves in another person's situation are more prone to empathic distress when they encountering distress than people who actually put themselves as others in the other's distress. So they are more prone to prosocial behavior. Actually, developmentally, children, before being able to differentiate between self and another, they react to distress stress of others with their own distress. But through develop, developing their cognitive skills, sense of self, and other skills, they start to discriminate between these two. So they experience self-directed distress, as well as other directed stress. So this is an important distinction between these two. Uh, so these distinctions leads to an understanding that these cognitive means used in these different kinds of perspective taking, whether it is imagined self or imagined other, can have impact on uh, you know, pro-social behavior. So, and also, also it will, it, it, it also is, uh, adds another point of not considering uh, something like emotional contagion as empathy uh, because of this direction towards another person.
0: Do you think that there's a, a connection between lack of empathy and a diminished capacity to make moral judgments? Okay, so the question is, if there is
1: a relation between these two, is this because of inability to feel certain emotions, or the failure to make sense of another person's feelings and thoughts, or there is another reason, like in, uh, inability to imagine what is it like for the other person? Well having enabling features for moral judgments, we, which I'm more inclined to, to believe, doesn't mean that empathy is necessarily a precondition of moral judgment. Okay, there are people who believe that. But uh, empathy has some enabling, could have some enabling features in the right conditions for moral judgment. However, lack of empathy and not being directed towards another person many cases could diminish moral judgments. Uh, Studies in uh, cognitive uh, neuroscience as well as neuropsychology is that people, when they have their, in in, in psychopathy, for example, psychopaths, usually they do have their mind-reading capacities or what's called as a cognitive empathy intact, but... Uh, because of lack of emotional empathy, they are not able to make moral judgments. So they don't care about, you know, harming uh, other people. Also, if you look at the autism, and what's known as... uh, um, autism spectrum disorder, that's what's called these days, and also what's called as conduct disorders, uh, they are considered as empathy impairments. We can look at it from those impairment perspective to this question. So there have been tests, uh, many studies on these topics that are pretty consistent, like people who have a, a ASD, autism are impaired in their capacity to take the perspective of, of another person you know infer the correct mental states of the other person let's say uh, however their their capacity to cons- be concerned about the other person and relate to the distress of other people are intact so th- those but w- those with to, who, who have uh, conduct disorders have the inverse, uh, you know, s- situation. So they have their cognitive capacities intact, and they lack uh, emotional empathy and uh, connecting with the other empathically. So, and this is uh, consistent with uh, the research done on psychopathic traits. But at the same time, As we go on with this research, especially in recent years, there have been so many research done on harming people. Now, one of this research, the result is that people usually are very, they have strong aversion uh, against harming others. Even in some cases, they are more ready to harm themselves than harm others in general. And uh, also there was tests done on on psychopaths, which uh, they don't care about harming others, but uh, they have the same attitude towards themselves as well. And there are ongoing debates about also autism spectrum, that uh, what are the exact deficiencies and to what extent this is reflected in one's capacity to make moral judgments. It is important to ask whether all this uh, what's called impairment is associated with reduced ability to empathize with people or there are other reasons for it that impacts their moral judgments. So uh, there, there, there are some critics in that domain, uh, currently, uh, that domain that thinks that we need to uh, examine these issues more because of... Uh, Because empathy is a very complex process that involves multiple layers and multiple steps. Uh, And also, some of these uh, uh, empirical studies are done in, uh, in an artificial environment that may not be very relevant to real life. And we need to, you know, change them and improve them and make it closer to what's happening in real life. So it's important, I mean, my conclusion is that it's important to be cautious and have a nuanced approach regarding this kind of classifications, whether reducing empathy will impact moral judgments or not. So, What is the value of empathy? Okay, the title of our book, The Value of Empathy, refers to the value of empathy proper as well as the value of the concept of empathy, so uh, the articles included, they they address the lack of clarity the concept of empathy by suggesting new ways of looking at the issue. They offer different philosophical accounts and also at elaborate some of their features, and also they look at roles and applications. They explore moral significance of empathy and look at its place in moral life. They also, or in certain situations, or such as, you know, war situation, they also connect, about, connect the abstract discussions of empathy with certain applications in health domain or domains including uh, different kinds of uh, vulnerable people. Uh, so in that sense, uh, the value goes back to both uh, empathy proper and the concept of empathy. Now, look. Uh, let's look at a few more uh, roles of empathy. So instance of failure of understanding may happen in empathic process, yet this process uh, of connecting uh, to another person is not only mental, and intellectual, but it is also emotional and experiential and has a potential to create bonding with another person. We know that, well, it's known even developmentally, uh, arguably, that our implicit processes of empathy are biased to begin with, I mean, towards members of our in-group, our social beliefs and ideological elements also. Uh, has a lot of, uh, you know, impact on our moral judgments. For example, uh, there have been um, uh, studies that people are looking at, you know, this painful situation in a video uh, of two people. And one of they learn that one of them has AIDS uh, and has AIDS because he's, he's a drug addict. So it, it impacts their perce- uh, perception of pain and they, feel less uh, uh, concern about that person versus the other person who looks more like them. So uh, those judgments also, taboos, ideologies also impact our empathy. However, through education and cognitive control and emotional regulation and other efforts, it is possible to extend our empathy towards members of other groups They reach out of ourselves and also attempt to restrain our own self-directed thoughts and uh, those kind of manipulative thoughts or uh, values so uh, we can it is possible to potentially to find some commonalities and create more more appropriate environment for understanding and this may facilitate sympathy and compassion and more pro-social attitudes and so Potentially, as I mentioned before, empathy can have an enabling impact and open the way towards empathizing with those who are different from us. And this is, I find it very important value. Also, in that uh, we can extend, uh, people say that empathy is towards the individuals, not the groups. But it is interesting to think about whether it's possible to extend what we learn from empathizing with an individual to a larger context of the group that that individual belongs to. Okay? So, uh, I'm more optimistic about that. Uh, not many people are. Uh, but this is, of course, uh, these are all potentials and possibilities and not an ability that is integrated in empathy. So, So for the last point, I would say that many judgments uh, about morality that we discussed, uh, some of it in previous questions, is about uh, other, uh, about strangers. But with respect to empathy, sympathy, and compassion, we have to pay attention to the fact that our moral judgments in our everyday lives happens towards people who are close to us, family, friends, and people who live with. And this is very important. I mean, care ethics has shed lights on this topic as well. Uh, Many, many people uh, think in the same direction. There are feminist philosophers also that question the narrow view of ethics that is only focusing on public life in a very abstract way and ignoring the close relationships. So empathy and sympathy have an important impact on our ethical actions towards people who are close to us. And that's another value. So empathy has pitfalls and has limitations, but those limitations do not
0: undermine all these values. Yeah, no, they're really good points. So thanks very much for coming onto the program today. Thank you very much for having me. And I've been speaking with Melina Papazian about the value of empathy hope you've enjoyed the program. I've certainly enjoyed your company and do stay tuned for Swing and Sway.